is going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Today's case takes place in Montana, and the victim is a young Native woman. And as of last September 2021, 206 people remained missing in the state of Montana, with 59 of them being indigenous people. Yeah, there's a real problem there. Yeah, and considering natives make up just under 7% of the population, that number is incredibly high. And that's just a minimum because sadly, many indigenous missing people go misreported or unreported. So please share this story. And thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. We hope you're having a great start to the week. And uh, yeah, good to have you here. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's all we have. Uh, so without further ado, This is episode 185 of Going West, so let's get into it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. It's an epidemic in our state and across the country. After another woman was found dead in late August, family, friends, and advocates are taking a stand and demanding answers. MTN Zoe Zandora was in Hardin today for the Justice March for Kaysera. Hundreds of marchers walked through Hardin on Monday morning, demanding justice following the recent death of an 18-year-old woman. Somebody knows something! Family, friends, and members of the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Group held the Justice March for Kaysera Stops Pretty Places, whose body was found in Hardin on August 29th. She had been reported missing by her family two days earlier. The family on both sides of her family have come to the coroner, to the county attorney, to the investigators. They continue to be told that there's nothing that can be released, and they just want answers. We still can't believe that this is happening. We love our daughter so much. Kaysera Stops Pretty Places was born on August 14, 2001 in Montana to parents Gerilyn Bulltail Stops and Alan Stops, who were all enrolled members of the Crow Tribe. And, you know, her parents still are. Kaysera was so kind-hearted that she was known to take in, like, stray animals that she would come across so that she could personally give them a good home. So if that tells you anything about her... She's just a sweetheart. Just a total sweetheart. So... Um, And she was also very active at Hardin High School, playing football and basketball and running cross country. And then she also had this very artistic side that brought her to perform in multiple school plays. And Kaysera actually had dreams of being an actress, so she worked towards this with every play she did. She was described as mature, vibrant, and a total go-getter. She lived just a half mile from the Crow Reservation in Hardin, Montana, in a suburban neighborhood. And Hardin is a very small city in Bighorn County, which in 2019, when this story takes place, 
hosted only about 3,800 people. And it's just 45 minutes uh, from the larger city of Billings, Montana. But I did also read that Kaysera often stayed with her aunt, who is Priscilla Brown Bulltail in Hardin, as well as with family members in other parts of Montana, even in Missoula, which is like hours away. Uh, but we're not exactly sure why, though we did read that her legal guardian was her grandmother who lived in Hardin. And I also will add that I read a quote from the Bighorn County News, quote, In the Crow culture, a child's maternal aunts act as their mothers. Sarah had several aunts who helped raise her. But I personally cannot concretely confirm this because I, I don't know very much about the, the Crow tribe, but that is what it said. So she had a ton of people supporting her, a lot of people who loved her, and a lot of people who cared for her. Yeah, and sadly, there appears to be a current crisis regarding missing Native people, as we mentioned in the beginning, in Bighorn County in particular, also on the Crow Reservation. Because according to a recent documentary on Oxygen called Murdered and Missing in Montana, a lawyer explained, quote, If a non-tribal person commits a murder on a reservation, tribal police can't even make the arrest. So it seems that people are taking advantage of reservation laws. On Wednesday, August 14th, 2019, Kaysera turned 18 years old as she anticipated her upcoming senior year at Hardin High. A few days later, Kaysera was with her 15-year-old brother and they were attending the Crow Fair, which took place in nearby Crow Agency, Montana, from August 14th, which was Kaysera's birthday, to August 19th, 2019. And this is an annual fair, so... I know you're about to go into what right. happened at this fair, but this is something that happens every year and people love it. Yeah, and the celebration includes daily parades, a four-day powwow, horse races, and even a rodeo. It attracts, you know, every year about 50,000 people from around the world, many who are dressed in traditional dress. But during this fair, Kaysera filmed and posted a video of law enforcement beating up her brother at the fair. And mind you, her brother was 15 years old and in a fucking wheelchair. Insane. The officers included Bighorn County deputies, but sadly, few details have been released on this incident and why it even occurred in the first place. I really wish we knew this, but like you just said, there's not a lot of stuff out there on it. It just yeah. says that there was this very brutal attack on her 15-year-old brother. So he's a minor. Again, in a wheelchair. And he's in a wheelchair. So this is like not okay. Right. But the, the video that Sarah posted on social media did result in the U.S. Attorney's Office Civil Rights Division to investigate and reprimand those officers that were involved though this didn't happen immediately. And a little over a week later, on the hot summer day of Saturday, August 24th, 2019, Kaysera is said to have been with a 19-year-old, believed to be a family member, Isabella, as well as Isabella's boyfriend, Natosi. And there was this one other girl who was there, and she was unnamed because she was 17 years old. And they were all at Natosi's mother's house in Hardin, Montana, where he lived. So Natosi is a few years older than Kaysera, and he was a trained MMA fighter and a 2018 Haskell University graduate, which is in Kansas. And he was allegedly known to be quite abusive towards his girlfriend, Isabella, who again is believed to be Kaysera's family member. We think maybe a cousin, she's not referred to as such, but 
One source that we read stated that Isabella was Sarah's aunt's niece. So to me, that means cousin. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. But it said aunt's niece, so I don't know. Either way, on this day, Natosi apparently got into a fight with Isabella. So Isabella, Sarah, and the other girl tried to leave his house. But Natosi is said to have physically restrained Isabella to stop them from leaving. So Sarah and the other girl tried to kind of jump in and help. And as they were trying to escape, a police car sounded outside. Now, originally, it was not clear if the police were responding to a disturbance call, you know, possibly by a neighbor who heard the commotion, or if they were just patrolling the area. But when they saw the car, either way, everyone just started running in different directions, including Sarah. It was later released by police that a neighbor, who we assume was a police officer, had remotely activated the lights and horn on his police cruiser after hearing an argument, probably to scare them into stopping. Later on, Isabella and their other friends started looking around for Kaysera, so they headed back to Natosi's house to look for her. But when they arrived, he wouldn't let them into his house nor into his backyard to look for her. And this request angered him so much that after they ran from him, Natosi got into his car and started chasing after them. And this is really bizarre because they left the house because apparently this dude is, you know, causing problems. And they're just looking for Kaysera. No big deal. Hey, can we come in? Is she inside? Is she in your backyard? Just trying to get a gist of what's going on. Yeah, and, and then he chases them off. Yeah, but for some reason this made him really mad. And then he literally gets in his car and chases them up the street. It's just bizarre to me. Very bizarre. So the next morning, Kaysera still was not home. So her family started to get worried, not knowing at all where she was. As we stated, Kaysera was definitely considered a mature and responsible young woman. Yes, she was still young, but she was considerate and wasn't known to just disappear like this. Or at least she hadn't run away in a while. Yeah, I will say, and we'll talk about this in a little bit as well, that she had run away previously. So I think this kind of hurt the investigation a little bit. Of course, she obviously did not anticipate ever going missing, but uh, that, that did occur uh, throughout her, her youth. Okay, gotcha. So her family called around to various people just trying to see if Kaysera was with any friends or other family members, but no one knew where she was. And she also hadn't posted on social media, which, you know, again, she's 18 years old, so. Yeah, she was known to be active. And I did try to find her socials, I only found her Instagram that looked like it hadn't been used since like 2017. So I don't know if she had another one and her socials were taken down, but her family said she used it a lot. Right. And even weirder, Kaysera was supposed to go on a trip with her mom to the neighboring state of North Dakota to visit some family members, but she didn't show up. So with that, her aunt, who again is Priscilla Brown Bulltail, headed down to the Bighorn County Police, but she said that she was told that there was a waiting period before someone could be reported missing, and that Kaysera had probably either run away or was out with her friends and would turn up. Now, again, I think that because she had run away in the past, I had read that this kind of stunted the investigation because they knew about her previous runaways that were pretty brief. And so they're kind of like, she probably did that again, or she's with friends, which we do see a lot in investigations. Yeah, yeah. and I hate I hate to call it out like this, but I know often we talk about how that's kind of the first thing that police jump to is like, oh, did they willingly leave on their own? Yeah. You know, and so I can see where this would 
would be hurtful to the investigation in some ways. Yeah, and I do understand it in a sense, too, because it's not like something suspicious or super suspicious had led to her disappearance. It's just like she was with her friend, she ran out of the house, and then she's not seen. So right. I get it for the moment, but I don't in this way uh, with what I'm about to say. So Kaysera was just barely a legal adult when she went missing. So she was an adult. But even so, she couldn't have been looked at as an adult in the eyes of the law if she went missing before the age of 21, which she did. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medications that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, just visit Juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volix XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment, no maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volix XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Because according to Montana's government website in Montana's Missing and Endangered Response Summary, the Missing Children Act of 1985 states, quote, Missing child means any person who has been reported as missing to a law enforcement authority and one who is under 21 years of age and two whose temporary or permanent residence is in Montana and three whose location has not been determined. So although Kaysera was 18 years old, under the Montana law, she was still considered a missing child. And this summary was even posted in August of 2017 on their website. So, you know, two years before Kaysera disappeared. So it was a, a very much, very yeah, much relevant very at that relevant. time. Yeah, exactly. Meaning the police should have absolutely taken her aunt's statement more seriously and filed a missing persons report for Kaysera on August 25th. 
Though many reports state a missing person report was never successfully filed, her aunt stated that on August 27th, she was able to technically file one, but that the officer didn't fill out a form. They just took some notes and asked her to email them some recent photos. So it's safe to say that Kaysera's family did not feel like the police were taking her case very seriously, not even doing so much as distributing missing person flyers. And sadly, there was no media coverage discussing her disappearance. So her family just felt incredibly frustrated. Then another two days later, a body was discovered. In the early morning hours of Thursday, August 29th, 2019, someone was jogging in a suburban neighborhood when they noticed something suspicious behind a chain-linked fence that led to someone's backyard. The house is located on Mitchell Avenue, right by the Rangeview Drive intersection in Hardin, Montana, in the same neighborhood where Kaysera lived. And to give you guys a little bit of a visual, the houses at these cross streets all have like five foot or less high chain link fences. And it appears that it would have been pretty easy for the jogger to notice something because there's not a ton of trees in this area. Yeah, it's a pretty open area and we did post photos, which I'll go into, but you know, if you, if you wanna see it, it's easier to look at it and imagine how this would have been seen. It's, it's not like he would have had to have been peeking into the backyard, like it's right there. Right. So what the jogger saw was something wrapped in plastic. And when the police arrived at the scene and discovered a body inside, they, according to witnesses, did not treat the scene like a crime scene. They didn't even secure it or seal it. By this point, 18-year-old Kaysera had been missing for nearly five days, and the temperatures reached around 90 degrees Fahrenheit, or around 32 degrees Celsius, so it was an incredibly hot week. There was no local news report to report on the discovery of a body in someone's backyard or anything, and witnesses took notice that the grass under the body was still green, indicating that it hadn't been there very long. And also, like Heath said, the yard wasn't hidden at all and it was actually facing the street, so anyone could easily see this large plastic-wrapped something that turned out to be human remains. So it very likely had been recently put there. This spot is a, quote, highly visible location. Again, as you'll see in the photos. Also, before the body was removed from the area, Kaysera's aunt had caught word about a body being discovered, though the person's age and gender had not been released yet, but of course she had to go check. And when she arrived, the police wouldn't let her see the body, even for potential identification purposes, and they took it out of the area. Two days later, on Saturday, August 31st, 2019, after hearing a rumor that the body found belonged to a young woman, Kaysera's mother and aunt headed down to the Bullis Mortuary to see if that body belonged to their beloved Kaysera. And the person they spoke with flat out said that it was not her. This person is said to have been Terry Bullis, the coroner and owner of Bolus Mortuary. So although we can imagine they felt some sort of relief, that only made them wonder even more where she could possibly be. Right, because they're thinking, okay, it's not Kay Sarah. That means we still have a possibility or a chance, rather, of finding her alive and well. Exactly. But get this. On September 11th, 2019, Kay Sarah's family was informed by the Bighorn County Sheriff's Department 
that the body that they discovered nearly two weeks earlier was in fact Kaysera's. But it gets worse. Terry Bullis essentially forced her family to have Kaysera cremated or else he would not release her body to the family at all. I have never heard of that I've happening. I've never heard that. Like, you can only have her body if you cremate her. What? Such bullshit. So he said that they must agree to a cremation if they wanted her remains. So her mother signed off on it, seeing that it was the only way to get her daughter back. And for those wondering, Bolus Mortuary has a whopping 1.5 stars out of 5 on Google reviews. And there's 38 reviews. Not very good. <laughs> Not very good. So here's a few of the bad ones. What a scary place to have handle your loved ones. Owner is a scary crook. Another one reads, horrible service. Not at all understanding towards families or things that they're going through. Just worried about his money and when he's getting it. Even refusing to do things without cash in hand. I would never recommend this place to anyone. And then one last one reads, do your research on the owner of this firm, which is pretty eerie in itself. So this just goes to show you that this guy doesn't have the best reputation, and I'm sure it's gotten even worse since he's been named responsible for the mess up with Kaysera. And can we just talk about how sketchy it is that one, again, he denied the remains to be Kaysera's at first, though, you know, that could have been a terrible mistake, you know, if I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, which I don't, but how would you even mess that up? Right. And secondly, he wouldn't give up her body unless it was cremated. Like, is he hiding something? Just with how suspicious law enforcement was in the handling of her case really just makes it seem like there was something maybe hidden in her autopsy, whether something was changed or just left out completely. Are you kind of getting that potential vibe? Oh, too? 100%. Yeah. Why would you even ask that if there wasn't something to hide? Yeah, especially because it's been said that, by the way one of the first responding officers to the scene of Kaysera's body was one of the officers who had assaulted her brother just days earlier. That is suspicious as hell. Yeah, it feels very suspicious because especially knowing that Kaysera put this video on social media, and this is kind of a small town, you know? And this corner just seems really shady in general because he had an ethics violation in 2003, and then there's another case that we want to cover this year, which is the disappearance and death of 14-year-old native Henny Scott, where this same asshole didn't inform her family of Henny's cause of death, and they found out in the newspaper. So this guy just sucks all around, but let's get into the autopsy now. I do agree, and carry on. <laughs> So coroner Terry Bullis's autopsy found no evidence of injury or natural disease, but her blood alcohol level was 0.149 when she was found. And now since it's unclear when she died, it's not known how much alcohol was in her system when she passed away since decomposition causes ethanol levels to rise in the body. But just to be clear on how drunk someone would be with a 0.149 blood alcohol level, there are definitely a lot of factors like weight, sex, if you had food in your stomach, etc. But typically, this range puts you in the range of likely having some blurred vision and loss of coordination. Yeah, and the percentage category above this, which is about, you know, 0.10% higher within that range, is considered sloppy drunk. And for even more reference, 0.40% will likely result in death. 
And again, Kaysera was about 0.15% when her body was found. So this just kind of gives you some perspective on how much alcohol that is in the body. Sorry if that was confusing, but I just don't want anybody to be like, oh, is that a, a high blood alcohol or is yeah. that low? We wanted to, to give you some reference. Yeah, to give you the answer, short answer is it's it's pretty high, but it's not like shockingly, horrifyingly high. Right. So DNA samples were also collected from her body and under her fingernails, but no foreign DNA was found, so they say. Her cause of death was ruled undetermined, but it was noted that asphyxia could not be ruled out, though she apparently didn't have any neck injuries. Looking to save on delivery? DashPass is your door to $0 delivery fees and more on DoorDash. And right now, using code GOINGWEST24, you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Daphne and I use DoorDash constantly to order lunch or dinner or even groceries. And that's why we love using our DashPass. Because it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered right to your door. I mean, come on. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. And that's why we use it so often. And it also gives you special access to exclusive promotions and member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash. Use code GOINGWEST24 to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Before that break, we discussed that Kaysera's cause of death was ruled undetermined. And even though her body was found face down, wrapped in plastic, in the back of someone else's yard against a fence, police were not treating this like an actual homicide investigation. But according to the man who found Kaysera's body, he saw police take her phone out of her pocket and say they were gonna charge it so they could locate her family. So she did have her phone on her. Also, for anyone, again, who wants a visual of the yard, we actually posted a street view screenshot of the area. And if you look to the right of the photo, you can see like this small memorial there that's for her when this was taken in 2021. And that's the same spot that her body was found. Kaysera's aunt, Grace Boltale, stated publicly, quote, the circumstances of where her body was found and the timing of it are extremely suspicious. The medical examiner, he spoke to me. He told me what he could about his involvement with the case. He told me that he believes that the cause of death was asphyxiation through strangulation by assault. 
Kaysera's grandmother Yolanda added, quote, The reason we think it's a homicide, the site is visible on an active neighborhood. There is high pedestrian and vehicle traffic going through the area. If the body was badly decomposed, it would be noticeable. And let's not forget to mention that, again, her body was found wrapped in plastic. Yes, I mean, that, Big that just says homicide to begin with, without right. any other details. But going back to Yolanda's quote, Her body would have had to have been moved there the night before. Where her body was found, the grass was still green there. There was no blood or anything left on that spot. She didn't die in that spot. She was placed there. Now, I'm sure you guys are wondering who the hell's house her body was found at. That's a pretty important detail, huh? It is, yeah. First of all, the house is right next door to Natosi's house. Remember him? It was his house that Kaysera and friends ran out of when she was last seen. And then she's found dead five days later, right next door. Right next door. But the person who owns the house that she was found at is a man named Stephen Schaff. So Stephen Schaff told police that he had been in Billings that morning, which again is only about an hour away, to buy auto parts when he received a concerning call from his son. Now, his son said, quote, Dad, they found a body in your yard. And Stephen then went on to explain that he figured that his son meant it was just like an animal of some kind. But when he learned it was human remains, he was, quote, flabbergasted and, quote, left wondering who the woman was. Though law enforcement, you know, hadn't given him very much information. And they still haven't. Apparently, he has been trying to get more information because this is his house. He's saying he has nothing to do with it. And he has no idea why her body was in his backyard. Right. So according to the internet, Stephen is 74 years old today, making him around 72 at the time of Kaysera's death. And this lists his birth year as 1947. But then another source says this same Stephen Schaff, and we know it's him because of his address, is 51 years old and he was born in 1970. But, you know, all but one source say that he was in his 70s. So we'll go with that. Yeah, almost every one of those like white pages, things like that, Said he's 70, and I'm not, we're not trying to, you know, kind of exploit this man or, or say anything bad about him, but it is, he is an important part of this story because her body was found in his freaking yard. Exactly, but, you know, just by looking at a photo of his yard, it's absolutely possible that someone dropped her body over his fence to plant it there instead of trying to bury her somewhere. But we think it's definitely important to fully clear Stephen first, though it doesn't seem that there's any suspicion falling on him at all. Five days after being informed that the body belonged to Kaysera on September 16th, 2019, her grandmother Yolanda headed over to Bullis Mortuary to retrieve her remains. But Bullhorn County Coroner and owner Terry Bullis was not there. Yolanda was told by somebody else, and it was a relative of Terry, to wait about an hour for him to arrive, but he didn't. So Yolanda was told to come back the next day. But Yolanda, of course, wouldn't accept that. With everything that's gone on, this family, rightfully so, is incredibly impatient with this whole process because this is just, all of this is absurd. So she waited for many more hours. And then finally, Yolanda was given the cremated remains of Kaysera. And actually, she didn't even know that she had been cremated because as we stated earlier, 
Yolanda, the grandmother, was Kaysera's legal guardian. So although her mother signed off on it because she was told it was the only way to receive the remains, Yolanda and her son, Alan, who is Kaysera's father, were not informed nor did they sign off on the cremation. So they were completely left in the dark. Yeah, about this. Th- that's why this is so frustrating because the family's being thrown around. And then for Terry to say, we're only going to release her remains if she's cremated and has her mother, who is not her legal guardian at this point, sign off on the cremation and not even get the legal guardian's approval of the cremation and not even consult the legal guardian. Yeah. And then just do it. Because what's so frustrating about this is cremation is so unbelievably final that especially because this is a potential, in my opinion, murder investigation, cremating a body is a very serious thing to do because you can't go back to it after that. You only have what you have. And because we're already so sketched out about the autopsy, now what do we have? Now what can be done? Yeah, it just makes it so much harder to investigate a crime. Absolutely, but she was cremated anyway. And at this point, still, there's absolutely no media coverage on this story at all. So a few days later, Yolanda called the Billings Gazette in hopes that they would cover it. And weirdly enough, the reporter stated that they weren't covering the story because they weren't informed that a body had been found, nor were they informed that a body had been identified despite the Billings Gazette calling the Bighorn County Sheriff's Department daily for news. Yeah, and this is this is a huge deal because it's no matter, weird, no matter where you're at, even if you're in a small town, news of a body being found is big news. Oh my God, yeah. Especially when it's wrapped in plastic in somebody's yard who is supposedly oblivious to said body being there. And it just the weird thing to me is that at this point, it's almost a month after Kaysera went missing. No, no media coverage on her disappearance, no media coverage on her body being found, and no media coverage on her body being identified. And the reason is because the sheriff's department is not telling the news stations why. Yeah, I it have just makes no... me suspicious. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it, I, it makes me very suspicious of the whole scenario. So on Monday, September 23rd, 2019, so almost one month to the day that Kaysera disappeared, a justice march was held where her family and a hundred members of the community banded together to question the investigation into her very suspicious death. And by this time, her family had still not received her autopsy report, nor any other documents pertaining to her death, and they weren't confident that they ever would. At the rally, one of Kaysera's aunts, Grace Boltail, stated, quote, Our native women don't exist just to be abused. Our girls aren't here so that their fate in life is to be killed and forgotten. We're asking for justice for our girl. Most people wore red and carried various signs that said things like justice for Kaysera and hashtag MMIW, which stands for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, and we will never forget. The march started at the intersection where Kaysera's body was discovered, and a memorial was created for her at that very spot, which included signs, letters, flowers, and stuffed animals. And these marches continued as often as they could get together and do them. But as the months rolled on, the COVID-19 pandemic made it increasingly difficult to have gatherings. So their protests halted for about six months. 
By September of 2020, just after the one-year anniversary of Kaysera's death, a $10,000 reward was being offered to anyone who had information regarding her case. Her aunt told the Billings Gazette, quote, We've tried just about everything. We still do want an independent investigation, whoever is willing to do that. Another aunt, Cedar Rose Bulltail, described Kaysera as strong and independent, stating, quote, She wrestled, played football, and was tough. She would have done her best to come home. The following year, in September of 2021, her family continued to march in her honor, as well as hold rallies, vigils, and even ask the FBI to step in. But it's been very hard for them to get law enforcement to look into her case seriously. Her Aunt Grace stated, quote, This is the third year we've held calls to action demanding justice for Kaysera. Our family has had to advocate for ourselves each step of the way, and we're still fighting to hold law enforcement accountable to investigate her murder. In 2020, the investigation into her death was referred to the Missoula County Sheriff's Office, but the report states that, quote, only a review of evidence and no additional investigative efforts were conducted due to the COVID-19 public health emergency. As of July 2021, the county attorney's office has accepted assistance for further investigative efforts, but it remains active and open. Kaysera's aunt stated, quote, if this means we're finally gonna get some help, then that's great, but we have to just wait and see. This report doesn't change the way we've been treated by Bighorn County, but we're just gonna continue doing what we've been doing and advocating for ourselves. As of this year, 2022, there doesn't appear to be any updates in the investigation. And like we said, it doesn't appear that suspicions fall on Stephen, whose house her body was actually found at. And we didn't find anything that stated Natosi was a person of interest, despite the fact that his mom lived next to the house that Kaysera's body was found at. And she had run away from his house while he was supposedly in an enraged state. And then she was never seen again. I think that's a pretty important detail that she was last seen with him. And then she turns up in the house next door like that. That to me is just very weird. Yeah, it's it's one of the biggest details, I think, in this case. So it's just incredibly hard to imagine what could have happened to Kaysera. Did Natosi have something to do with her death? Did Kaysera run into someone's yard for safety and was met with a person with bad intentions? We just don't know. Yeah, and what's weird to me as well is that, according to Isabella, when she and her other friend tried to look in Natosi's mom's house and backyard for Kaysera, since they hadn't seen her at all since they fled in different directions from that very house, he became enraged yet again and chased them away. Of course, as we said, but I just want to remind everybody because that's really bizarre. And we posted a photo on our socials of an aerial view of his house next to the house where she was found. But you can clearly see how close the houses are, which means that Natosi technically absolutely could have done something to Kaysera and simply moved her body, however many feet over, in his own neighbor's yard. And though there are those chain-linked fences in both yards again, all of them are no more than five feet tall, so someone would easily be able to climb over them or push something over them, especially knowing that Natosi is an MMA fighter. He's a strong guy. Also, according to an article that we read, his mother is an attorney and has apparently worked with the Bighorn County attorney, Jay Harris. So does she have some pull 
I mean, I wish we knew, and I'm not trying to accuse his mom of helping him cover something up because I don't even know if Natosi's involved, nor do we know if Steven is involved. But I think these avenues need to be properly searched. Yeah, it's just incredibly strange knowing that people live in that house next to Steven's house and that nobody had seen anything for five days after she went missing, then all of a sudden her body turns up in that yard. That's why I think, along with her grandmother, that her body was planted there like the night before, because it, like everybody is saying, her body was in a very obvious place. So it's not the kind of place where, you know, it could have easily gone unseen for five days or four days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and this is pure speculation, but Is there a chance that the deputy who uh, beat up her brother just days earlier, whose name has not been released, was retaliating knowing that Kaysera took a video of the attack and possibly could have ruined his career? I mean, it is possible. I agree. And I think that it's suspicious that it is said that the first responding officer was that same guy. Again, everybody's saying there's reason to believe. That's what I kept reading for that. There's reason to believe that the first responding officer was the same guy. So again, I'm, I'm sorry for all the we're not sure about this and we read this but we have to say all that because sadly there's still not a ton of information out about this case and there needs to be and this is an ongoing investigation so it's totally understandable that certain things have not come out very Um, true and we you know we often like to speculate on things i know some of you guys don't like that but we do our best to kind of uh speculate on things that are potentially a possibility absolutely we're not again not trying to incriminate somebody or or say that somebody did something that they didn't do. It's just, we're just talking here. Because to us, it's very clear that her death involves foul play. Especially considering, again, we'll say it again for the millionth time, her body was found wrapped in plastic. And it was found in an area where she could have easily escaped if she was alive. Kaysera deserves justice, and it seems that recent movements and pressure on law enforcement has pushed on the investigation, but not nearly enough is being done for this young woman who was taken far too soon, and this grieving family who is just looking for some answers. so much everybody for listening to this episode of going west yes thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and on friday we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into thank you guys for tuning in and just in advance thank you for sharing this episode thank you for sharing case sarah's story there's also a petition online for it there's almost 300,000 signatures but if you guys want to sign it that could really help the case so we put it in the description of this episode it's a change.org link and also we'll put it on our socials. Yeah, we just got, we just need to keep putting the pressure on law enforcement because it seems like this is one of those cases uh, that just needs so much more attention and you guys have the power to do that. So please share this episode with everybody. Yes, please do. Thank you again in advance. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the show. We appreciate you leaving us nice reviews, telling a friend. It all really helps. So we just love you guys so much. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger.
Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.